1: is going on everybody welcome welcome everybody into the overreaction post-game buffalo sports show i don't even know i've never it's been like four years three years i don't i still haven't really generally for the most part landed on a name for this show yet but welcome into the show the overreaction podcast my name is joe miller you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired and i am the host of this year's show on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network so good to have you This show is brought to you by the Market Dominator and the Market Dominator team. Appreciate everybody who is joining. For some reason, StreamYard, the platform we use to go live, is having trouble getting to Facebook. I don't know why, so it's currently not on my Facebook, this program. Also not on the Buffalo Rumblings Facebook page. And I don't know why I'm telling you that other than because you're probably not on Facebook if you're watching me live. But regardless, letting you know that if you generally watch on Facebook and you're now trying to find this on YouTube or listening to it in podcast form, for some reason, it's airing out. I don't know why, what's going on, but it is what it is. So, but ladies and gentlemen, so good to have you. Thank you for joining me for the show. We are going to talk about this final preseason game. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and a little bit about cutdown day. I've got some thoughts. I'm probably not going to keep you super long. So good to have you. Before we get started, let's hear from the show sponsor, John Spaschek, the market dominator. Introducing the market dominator. Folks, I'm John Spascheck. that's right, the market dominator, and I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win, just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer our phone. And one more thing, go Bills. Do me a favor if you are in the market to buy or sell a home or a piece of property, or you know somebody who is, please Give John Spazchek and the Market Dominator team a call, 716-570-3298. Well, the Buffalo Bills have a date with Destiny. They are headed for a Monday night showdown against the New York, New Jersey Jets in New Jersey uh, at the Meadowlands. What is it? Uh, The 11th, September 11th, I think is the date. What uh, Renaissance man threw it up here. September 11th, 815, Monday Night Football. And with that, the announcement is real. The preseason, another preseason is in the books. Before we get to that, I want to thank everybody for jumping in. So uh, Karen Idzik, Ralph Wilson Sr., Jessica Tennis, good to see you. Bills are electric is a new one I haven't seen. Uh, Robbie's in the room. What's up, Robbie? Richard Rush. So everybody that's, uh, that, that's climbing into the comments section, thank you for being here. As always, this is a recording of a podcast, so I will do my best uh, to ignore the comments. Um, and I'm not doing that because I'm a jerk. I'm doing that just because it's hard for me to stay on my outline while I'm trying to pay attention to the comments. Uh, if you want to get my attention, if you have a question you want to ask me, that's particular that you want answered, please super chat me. Uh, and I will uh, do my best to get to those. Uh, they show up on my screen kind of bright and you can only super chat on YouTube. So for those that are new to the program, but, uh, yes, it was a beautiful day in Chicago. Uh, one of my favorite cities to visit, my wife and I love going to Chicago for basically like a two-day thing. So we use our airline points. We use our uh, hotel points. We fly to Chicago from, we lived in Columbus for a long time. Columbus, Ohio, Buffalo is about the same. We fly, fly to Columbus around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, get there at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock because it's an hour time difference and about an hour long flight. Uh, make our way to our hotel, check in, go have dinner, and then uh, a nice dinner, walk around the city a little bit, uh, spend an evening in a hotel, and then the next day we spend the whole day walking around the city and doing the boat tours through the river and out on the uh, Lake Michigan, and then eat more great food, go to bed, wake up the next morning, fly home. And usually that trip outside of food and whatever boat tours or going up at the top of the Willis Tower, things like that we do. For the most part, it's free. So Chicago is a wonderful city. Uh, love it there. Love to hang around in it. If you've never gone to uh, Stephanie Izard's restaurants, you have to go there. The Little Goat is phenomenal for breakfast or lunch. But that's all I'll say about that. But it was a beautiful day in Chicago. Our Buffalo Bills were in Chicago. Much different weather climate than uh, the last time the Bills were there on Christmas Eve when it was uh, one of the coldest games. Might have been the coldest game of the year last year. Uh, but as preseason games go, it was one, <laughs> and I think you've heard me say that a lot this preseason. I just want to cement that, continue to cement that into the brains of Bills Mafia and all football fans. Preseason games are preseason games. I got a buddy, uh, Ben Woods, whose gym that I go to. I, I wear his shirts of his gym, STA Performance, all the time. And there's a lot. There's there's not a lot. There's several NFL players and. Canadian football league players that actually work out there as well. And a lot of college athletes and stuff like that. And Ben is a big Steeler fan. I'm giving, Ben is going to be mad at me. He's probably, if he's watching live right now, he's going to be real mad, but he's sending me stuff about just like Kenny Pickett and the Steelers and like how Kenny Pickett was the number one quarterback in preseason and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, like nobody's game planning for Ken to stop Kenny Pickett right now. Like let's wait till week one before we start, you know, donning any type of like jackets on the man. Like we've got a little bit of time before we have to worry about this, but that's what preseason is about. It's an opportunity for teams to evaluate. It's an opportunity for teams to build a roster. It's an opportunity for teams to put together the best 53 that they think they can put together. And the bills have some holes, right? Some maybe concerning holes quarterback two, and some wildly large holes Mike Linebacker, which we're going to talk about in a minute after I get through kind of just some general thoughts about this football game. Sean McDermott elected in this game, the third preseason game, the preseason finale, to play his starters. It was an easy topic for some heated debate on social media, kind of all over the place. And Jay Spencer King and I talked about it on the Hump Day Hotline. I just basically asked uh, Jay Spence. I was like, how would you feel if Sean McDermott played the starters on Sunday or Saturday? And he paused and grimaced and he was like, I don't like it. And at that point in time, we didn't know necessarily who was going to get played. And what was funny is I felt like they needed to play. And it's pretty obvious, you know, Sean McDermott is telling you (laughs) what his feelings are by the fact that he made his starters play. Josh Allen said that they expected to play more than they did. They kind of went in the game probably expecting to play about a quarter. So I'm not saying he was surprised when they got pulled out after one series, but it sounded like they were prepared to and kind of juiced up to give more time than they did. But you know what, when you're talking about the whys behind this, and for some of us, this is a, an easy uh it, it it paints and creates a larger target on Sean McDermott's back, right? Some some of Bill's Mafia are out to get Sean McDermott, have been for a couple of years, and this is another one. Oh, here he goes again, like putting all the players in harm's way, yada, yada, yada. Like there was no reason to play them, didn't need to play them, there was no reason for them to be out on the field. For others of us, he did exactly what we wanted. There's a faction, there was a faction of Bill's Mafia, I was actually in that group, that was like, you can't leave preseason like that you can't you can't end preseason for your starters for Josh Allen for Stefan Diggs for your primary core players on that slot fest that happened in the Steelers game where they were clearly not ready to play and Sean McDermott admitted it as I said without admitting it by playing his starters that what they did against the Steelers was not good enough you guys are going to go back out there and you're going to show me that we can we can execute you're going to show me that we can play football you're going to show me that you can get game ready you're going to show me all the things that we've been working on this preseason in camp have landed with you, that this isn't going to be just a coast motion, right? But at the end of the day, preseason is still preseason, and we take it with somewhat of a grain of salt. And even in this game, there was a lot of evaluation going on. And what I, I found a lot of things interesting during the game, after the game. One of those things was actually in Coach's presser uh, today, I think it was, uh, Sunday. Where they asked him if he saw anything different in the game film. I don't remember who asked the question. Coach, did you see anything different in the game film in your evaluation that you didn't see on the field? And he said, you know, from the players, and he said, no. Everything I saw on the field was how I felt about the tape, which to me was incredibly. Different from what they normally tell us. I mean, it's always, we got to watch the tape. It's always we got to watch the tape. You can't trust your eyes. My angle, this, my angle, that from where I stand, I feel this, or I feel that. And it's just not fair. Blah, 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 blah. The reality is, as coach said today, Sunday in his, in his presser, I'm pretty much confident that what I saw with my own two eyes is what I saw on film. And it's just like, so you do know (laughs) just like us at times when we see stuff, we do know. Coach seemed a little despondent to me in his uh, press conference. I don't know why. You might want to go back and watch it. Um, Just very, his demeanor was a little different. He wasn't his normal chipper self uh, in his webcam press conference from his office. It was just a little, I don't know. It just, it it struck me as odd as far as Sean, normally Sean McDermott is not jovial, but he's pleasant, smiley, right? Uh, Seems like he takes a little bit of pleasure in answering questions at times, but uh, this one struck me a little sideways, but it is what it is. But the Buffalo Bills starters were forced to play in this football game and they responded and boy, did they respond well. Uh, A very quick three and out for the starting defense. And then the offense put together a great drive to score on a short Damian Harris run uh, after some great work by the entire offense to, you know, Josh Allen, the offensive line. Uh, James Cook got in the mix. Everybody was in the mix, I think, but Dalton Kincaid. There were a couple unfortunate drops by Gabe Davis. One was a contested catch, but they didn't hurt the drive. Um, I think there was one penalty, but it wasn't anything overly critical or super important. Nothing that was a deal breaker, I would say. you know The, the Bills put the, put the football in the ends, and it was great to see Damian Harris do probably that short yardage stuff that we're going to expect him to do uh i for one was kind of hoping i was hoping for one of two things the whole time the bill, when from the time the bills got inside the 10 i wanted either josh to run it in or i wanted them to give the ball to damian harris i wanted to see one of those two things and we got the damian harris touchdown which was great um but the buffalo bills they come out on top of this game 24 21 completing the preseason as i said i think i said with a 2 and one record um And I, I, for me, I can't stress enough. And there's some people in the comment section that are agreeing, agreeing with me that I can see. um, I can't stress enough how important it was for them to play in this game and play well. Um, Again, keeping in mind that, you know, they're not going to play another game. This football team is not going to play another game for 16 days.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity V A N 29.com
1: 16 better than uh, over two weeks, 16. And for the starters, if they had not played another game since the Steelers game, the primary starters, 23 days, more than three weeks. And I just don't think that you can go that long after playing that game before you play another game. Right. Which is, uh, you know, it was, it was good. It was good that they put on film what they put on film, that they went out and they executed the way that they should, right? They, they executed the way that this football team should, the way that we expect them to execute. It was interesting to me that uh, Christian Benford got the start over Jackson and Elam, Elam coming in third, only to be rushed into the non-interesting category in that Boogie Basham also got the start in this football game. So what was a, oh, Christian Benford got the start in the last preseason game. That's interesting. And then uh, Tasker or uh, Catalana said, oh, and uh, Boogie Basham starting on the defensive line. I was like, well, guess it's not interesting anymore because Boogie Basham is not starting over Daquan Jones. It's just not happening. Uh, But that's or not Daquan Jones, but uh, whoever's on the outside. Sorry, I apologize. Um, But at the end of that, I've got Daquan Jones in my notes. And literally, as I'm saying it, I'm like, that's not right. He's not a defensive tackle. But you know what I'm saying. Boogie Basham is not a a starting defensive end on this football team right now. Uh, So, yeah, went from interesting and intriguing to completely not interesting, intriguing, and then made you think, well, what is happening here? Are we showcasing some gentlemen? And we'll get more into that in a minute. In fact, that's the crux, or that's the majority of what I want this show to be about, uh, is that, you know, what I think is going to happen or what I feel needs to happen as it pertains to kind of what we saw and what we're going to see going forward with the you know, cut-down day being Tuesday, yada, 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 all that stuff. But the best news about this preseason and this camp is there were no major injuries to any primary starting players, just the one unfortunate injury to Tommy Doyle, uh, ending his season, as we talked about last week, and then obviously Baylin Spector uh, yesterday got hurt with a hamstring, which I'm going to be honest, for me, Baylin Spector looks like the most potentially capable Mike linebacker, even going back to last year's preseason that we have on this football team. And now he's got a week-to-week hamstring, as uh, Sean McDermott said, as coach said. Um, I'm not saying that he was going to make this roster. I just, from what I saw last year, what I've seen this year, I'll be honest with you, there's people out there that are actually uh, predicting, uh, you know, that that Kyler, or, or Tyler Medicavich is going to get cut. I've seen better... Mike linebacker play from Tyler Medicavich in real football games, real football games. Than I've seen from AJ Klein and Terrell Dotson this uh, this preseason. I'm going to say that again. I've seen better Mike linebacker play from Tyler Medicavich in real games, blowouts. Right, the Miami game where Miami was in Buffalo and needed to win to go to the playoffs, and we destroyed them. Tyler played, I think, a whole half of that football game. I've I've seen better play from Tyler Medicavich, at the Mike linebacker position, the position he's not, as much as he's listed there, it's not the position he's here to play. I've seen better play from him at times than I've seen from Tyler Dotson and A.J. And Klein. Now, we don't know necessarily what we've got in Dorian Williams. Terrell Bernard has been injured pretty much the whole preseason as the games went. So Bale Specter Spector being, in, being injured for me, it'll, it'll be... I, I I can't see him making the cut. I'm sure he's going to end up on the practice squad, but we're going to see, but that's going to lead into where this show is going to go, which you probably are kind of leaning with me there. Stats real quick from this football game. If I can figure out where they went, here they are. As I said, the Buffalo Bills won 24 to 21 Uh, team stats. The Bills gained 382 yards to the bears, 258. The reality is the Buffalo Bills are a better football team. Buffalo Bills are just a better football team than the Chicago Bears. They were last year. They are this year. Uh passing yards, 209 for the Bills, 152 for the Bears. Rushing yards 173 for the Bills, which we'll get into that in a second. 106 for the uh for the Bears. Uh, 173 for the Bills, 106 for the Bears. Sorry about that. And then uh from a player's uh stat standpoint, J- uh, Kyle Allen led the day. As we know, he played what? Pretty much the whole game, which I was like, what happens if Kyle Allen gets injured? Is Josh Allen going back into this football game and handing the football off, or is there a third option? Is there a plan in place for a running back or somebody? Is James Cook going in the game to hand the ball off to somebody like every down if Kyle Allen gets hurt? But luckily, Kyle Allen did not get hurt. He went 18-34 to for 162 yards. He's got a live arm, right? Kyle Allen has a live arm. I think that's the best thing, one of the best things you can say about him. Is he prone to make mistakes? Yes. He's a backup quarterback. Is Kyle Allen the guy that you want to go into your season with? No. Is Kyle Allen the guy that you want to, if Josh Allen, God forbid, were, something were to happen to him and he had to miss six games or eight games, is he the guy that you would prefer from a backup standpoint to be your guy? Probably not. Case Keenum? Yes. Kyle Allen. No, but Kyle Allen has a, a a more live arm, a liver, more live arm than Case Keenum and a more live arm than Matt Barkley and probably a more live arm than Mitchell Trubisky. You see when the ball comes out of his hand that it comes out with some flair, with some fire. He was undrafted for a reason, folks. That's why he's a backup quarterback. To me, he, to me, he is not as much of a concern as offensive tackle, He's also not as much of a concern as middle linebacker. He had two mistakes in this football game. His interception was not great. His fumble was really not great, but he did some good things too. The pass that he threw to Quentin Morris uh, to the outside, there was a phenomenal pass. It was a phenomenal catch. It was a phenomenal football play for a touchdown. He's got a live arm. It's going to be int- interesting to see what the Bills... I'm not sure that the Bills could swing. I feel like they're going to have to swing one trade before tuesday or before the season starts i'm not sure that they can swing two trades i could be wrong brandon bean has worked magic in the past but at the end of the day if we get stuck with kyle allen for the season joe is not drinking water in the glass <laughs> you should so i don't know why i glanced down and of all the comments i see buffalo freddy uh, Joe drinking water in that glass. You should know what this is, Dan Freddy. You know me well enough. But in fact, this is this is what you had in the back seat of your truck for the better part of a year because I bought it at the tailgate. <laughs> I bought it at the tailgate, and then it. Uh, hey, can I leave this in your truck? Yes, you can. And unfortunately, we didn't see each other again. I think until what uh, Finafest. Anyways, um, so Kyle Allen, eighteen to thirty-four. As I went on a total rabbit hole there. Uh, Josh Allen, 5 of 7, 49 yards, looked super sharp. The two drops, the two incomplete passes were, were Gabe Davis. Rushing, Darrington Evans uh, was playing like a man on fire. Apparently, there's some history there with Chicago. Nine of nine uh, nine carries for 65 yards, 7.2 average with a touchdown. A touchdown that he would not be denied. Uh, would not be denied. Ty Johnson, 11 of 51. Damian Harris, 7 for 25. I liked what I saw from Damian Harris. and I, I liked what I saw from the entire uh, running back group right the entire running back group looked good a lot of that is because of the offensive line which i know that a lot of us are really worried about receiving qu- receiving quentin morris uh, one for 29 yards for a touchdown this is weird the way they've got this there's a lot of just single this is wild so not only is is uh what am i on i'm on google they're they're not basing these based by yards that's why they're doing it okay i was like the receptions are way weird uh Quentin Morris had the was the yardage leader, one for 29, touchdown. Mara, Marcel Aitman, uh two for 26, Trent Sherfield, two for twenty-six, Deontay Hardy, four for twenty-three, Stephon Diggs, two for twenty. Justin Shorter, one for nineteen, Keyshawn Johnson at three for 17. By the way, every time the announcer says Keyshawn Johnson, I'm like, is that Keyshawn's son? It's like, no, he's not. <laughs> Different spelling completely. Gabe Davis, one for 15. Uh, which was a great pass on that wild throw, uh, throwback across the field. but uh, And then just obviously another one. The one that everybody's interested in, obviously, is Andy Isabella, who was is two for two. Uh, K- Kair, or Khalil Shakir did not play in this football game. But those are your stats for this football game as far as what I want to give you. Uh, real quick, before I get into the overwhelming topic of the show, the Bills have made one cut so far. So they are, uh, Brandon Bean, I believe, came out and said that he was going to do cuts and waves. So it wasn't going to be one giant list of cuts. Bang. Here's all the cuts cuts. Uh, They literally are going to Brandon Bean said he's going to kind of do release them at a time, like groups at a time. Uh, Isaiah Cutler uh, was actually the first cut. It's been announced. He suffered a slight knee injury during camp and was limited a bunch. So that's not overly a surprise. Um, I do have the depth chart here uh, and we'll get into some of that again here in just a second. Now, now the things I want to talk about are the, the primary thing, which shouldn't overwhelmingly be a surprise in as much as I've kind of harped on it already. The bills have a big problem, a big problem. And I've I've had conversations today in my life with people that feel like it's not a big problem. I had a conversation today where somebody's like, well, we don't know. You know, Terrell Bernard is getting healthy. And when he comes back, he it's probably going to work out. And I'm like, really? <laughs> what have you seen from Terrell Bernard and his multiple scratches last year from a third-round draft pick to tell you that everything's going to be okay because his hamstring's better? Oh, everything will be fine. Terrell Bernard will be back and everything will be fine. I'm not so sure. Color me. Doubtful. Karen Itzik says eight cuts today. So is that from the Bills or is that just in the NFL? Sterling Furrow. Scroll up, Sterling. <laughs> is, is Joe drinking water? I do drink water a lot of it, most of the day. I drink water, but yes. But getting back to Karen's comment, I think it's eight cuts around the NFL you're saying, not eight cuts from the Bills. Um, cause I did not read that report and I, I was scouring the internet right before I went on just to find out, oh, she says the bills PR has posted eight cuts today. So now I have to deviate from the show because <laughs> I did not do good research. That's what I get for going to a bills beat reporters, Twitter handle that I kind of prefer and none of the cuts were there. So bills PR, here we go. This is not what I'm looking for. Uh, why is this not working? Bills PR. No momento, por favor. Buffalo Bills have released. So we're going to do this live together. D- te- uh, D- defensive tackle Cortez Bouton or Broughton rather. Wide receiver Isaiah Kotler. Safety Jared Maiden. Uh, tackle Garrett McGinn, who they just signed last week. So, so the, the Bills just signed Garrett McGinn, uh, USFL player, <clears throat> excuse me, and he has not already been cut. Wide receiver Desmond Patman, who actually I don't, I'm not even sure. If he got in the game, he did not have a target uh, Saturday tight end, Jay Sternberger, who was a long, long shot to make this, this team. And then he had a couple unfortunate kind of mistime drops. And then, uh, Deshaun white linebacker Deshaun white. So clearly there's no real big names there. We've seen Patman, uh, in the game, we've seen Sternberger in the game. To me, there was some surprise or there is some surprise with the McGinn cut just cause the bills literally put him on, uh, or they put them on the, on the squad literally just this week. And, and people are like, Oh, you know, Joe, that was Jessica tennis says that was seven hours ago. Well, I was busy today. <laughs> I didn't sit on Twitter all day. <laughs> it is what it is, but yeah. So anyway, so there have been more cuts. So the bills are down from wherever they were making their way back to 53 uh, on this roster. Uh, they're down eight players or something like that. But uh, so anyways, getting back to this getting back to the topic at hand as we've deviated slightly just for a moment. And no, I am not drinking water and I'm not a vodka drinker, nor do I like alcohol flavored pine trees. So you should be able to deduce from that and comments and topics that we've talked about in the past on this show, what I'm probably sipping and a tweet that I put out, I think last week. <laughs> Anyways, We have time to joke and be jovial because it's preseason still, right? So this was like regular season to be like on like Donkey Kong. Got to be serious. Got to take this thing serious. No time for messing around. I feel when it comes to the middle linebacker, the Mike linebacker spot to replace Tremaine Edmonds, which by the way, if you have that game recorded, and if you don't go back and like record it, find the NFL network record it, watch it back. Bill's Mafia was largely on the fence. There were serious Tremaine Edmonds stands, Jay Spence the King. Serious Tremaine Edmonds detractors. It seemed like since the day he got here, right? And I know some of that was fueled by the constant just wait till he grows into his body just wait till you know he catches up to his body just wait till this just wait till that he's only 21 he's only 22 he's only 20 this he's only 20 that i know there's a lot of wearing on those tires right but even in this football game do yourself a favor and go back and watch the first quarter of this game watch tremaine edmonds play football for the Bears as their Mike Linebacker, and then watch the guys that played Mike Linebacker for us. I'm going to say that again. Make a note, put something in your phone so that you can do it tomorrow, today, after work, whatever. Pay attention to Jermaine Edmonds and the way he sees the field, scans the field, takes ownership of what's happening in front of him and behind him as a bear versus the guys the Bills are asking to do that very same thing. You're going to see, you should see a, oh, type of a situation. Because that Mike linebacker, as we all know, and I'm going to remind everybody, is the quarterback of the defense. He's the guy that makes oh, and, and oh, but but that's just a signal. He's getting the play call. It's more about the it's more than the play call. There's a lot more to it than just a play call. Tremaine, when he was in Buffalo, was required to effectively keep everything in front of him, right? And make sure that nothing got out of control, which he did very good at. I know he didn't get the sacks that everybody wanted. I know that he didn't get the interceptions that everybody wanted. I know that he didn't do the splash plays that everybody wanted. But I think we're going to be pining for half of the player that Tremaine Edmonds was at about week eight if something doesn't happen and happen soon. The guys that we have on this roster currently are either too old or they're just not ready. I don't know how to put it any other way than that. The guys on this roster are either too old or they're just not ready. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to say that a guy probably is past his prime or past where he was four years ago. That It happens to every player. I'm not being mean in saying that. And I'm also not being mean in saying, hey, you potentially could be the guy. You're just not the guy today. A lot of players come into this league and take a year or two or three to develop. Josh Allen wasn't the guy until year three. The Josh Allen jump, the Josh Allen leap, right? I feel like, and I've talked to a couple other people today, the Bills have to make a move at that position. And looking down at my comment section, Renaissance Man, who's my guy, says at this moment there is no starting caliber middle, middle linebacker on this football team. End of show, right there. End of end of show. There is no starting caliber middle linebacker on this team. End of show. I, it, it, that's the reality that we're in right now. Now, can the Bills make up for it? I don't know. I don't have the answer to this question. As much as everybody calls the Mike linebacker the quarterback of the defense, clearly the Mike linebacker isn't as important to the defense as a quarterback is to the offense. The drop from Tremaine Edmonds to, or a a quality starting middle linebacker to whatever, isn't the same as a drop from Josh Allen to Kyle Allen, right? You're largely affecting your team and its outcomes as much as court wins are not a quarterback stat. You're largely affecting the team and its outcomes by dropping from Josh Allen to Kyle Allen Maybe not so much dropping from Tremaine Edmonds to Terrell Dotson, but it's still going to have an effect. The question is how much of an effect and how many points is the offense going to have to score to overcome the holes in the defense that are going to be exploited by not having a starting caliber Mike linebacker on this football team. For me, the Bills need to make a move. They have got to make a move at this position. Cut down day is Tuesday, right? So do they go and do they do they wait and do they grab a guy that they you know because th- they're combing rosters they know they're they're th- they're they're taking guesses they're doing mocks right now of all the other teams the thirty one teams in the league and who's potentially going to get cut they know who's got a log jam at li- at middle linebacker who's got an old guy and a young guy or two old guys and a young guy or two young guys and an old guy or just a, a battle going on there. Do they wait, hold their cards close to their vest, try to keep the talent that they have, and make a move when a guy becomes available? Or do they go get a guy? And I don't mean go get a guy off the bench. <laughs> Sterling, I think, said Luke Keekley. They go get a guy. They call They call a team, and they're like, look, you've got a log jam. And oh, by the way, you need a guy or two at positions at which we are going to, you know, we're wealthy at. Yeah, sure. I mean, for all intents and purposes, if we cut two of these dudes at this position or this position group, they're going to be available and you might have a chance to sign them, but what are the odds that you're going to get them? I can guarantee you right now that you're going to get them. All we got to do is we're going to make it. We're going to make a deal. Let's negotiate. What do you want for X player? How do I make that decision for you easy? Other NFL team. I say we go get a guy, we get a vet. That a team, as I said, is in a tough situation in as much as they've got a young guy pushing him, their old guy, their vet, right? And they're on the they're on the fence on who to keep. Do we keep the vet? Or do we go full in, go do we go all in with the young guy? Make that choice easier. For the other football team make that choice easier for one of those other nf31 nfl teams now i don't i'm going to admit to you i'm a lazy podcaster i'm not a sports journalist i'm a hobbyist this is not my job and there are other people that do this job or that do this hobby that take it way more serious than i do and spend hours away from their wives and family and like research every roster in the NFL and can tell you which two teams or three teams have a log jam at the middle linebacker and who might be available. I'm not that guy. Like that's no, that's never going to be me. Like I just, to- I just got done telling you that eight guys were cut today and I didn't know it. Cause I wasn't on Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> just, it, it is what it is, but there are going to be guys available Guys are going to get cut. So just as much as they, those other teams might have an oppor- not have an opportunity to sign our guys that we're going to cut, we might not have an opportunity to sign the guy they cut, especially if it goes to waivers. So let's guarantee something. Let's work together and let's guarantee you get what you need and I get what I need at least to get us through the season and make both of our teams better. Right? Hopefully we can find somebody that wants to dance. Maybe, maybe we can find somebody that wants to dance or a tanking team. A team that's trying to unload some players because you're looking to, you know, strike it rich in the quarterback lottery, which rarely ever happens. There, There is no tanking strategy that ever works. The only one that's ever worked was the Colts for Andrew Luck. Because when you watched Andrew Luck play football at Stanford, you were like, oh, that's the guy. That dude is going to blow up the NFL. And then they didn't protect him and destroyed his body, and he had to retire at a young age. But generally speaking, consensus number one picks, especially if they're a quarterback, don't work out. Baker Mayfield, (laughs) Jamarcus Russell. (laughs) The list is long and distinguished. But maybe, just maybe, we can find somebody that has a need at corner. Somebody that has a need at defensive line. Somebody that has a need, possibly at offensive guard. Or maybe two of those three positions. Heck, I don't care. If a team has a quality 4-3 Mike linebacker that fits this scheme, Send them one of each. We're going to be making deep cuts, hurtful, painful cuts to guys who can potentially start on this roster or start on an NFL roster at each of those three positions in two days. One day, if you're listening to this in podcast form on Monday, today, if you're listening on Tuesday, make a phone call. That's all I'm saying. Make a phone call. But if you're looking at those, posi- those, those position groupings, the first one you're going to look at is defensive backs. And you've got to ask yourself this question. Were the Bills showcasing Christian Benford? I think yes. As I've as I've talked to buddies and friends and people that are just kind of, that do this and people that I go to to bounce ideas off, off of, a lot of people feel like the Bills want to trade Elam, and it makes sense that the Bills would want to trade Elam because he he's a man-to-man corner. He's a sauce gardener kind of corner. He's not a zone corner, which is what the Bills prefer their corners play. The Bills had no business drafting that guy. The fact that he hasn't picked up the defense is probably his fault in two years. Well, this is his second year. But at the end of the day, you knew what you were getting when you drafted him. You knew you were getting a man-to-man corner, and you've got a defense that is not a man defense. So I've talked to a lot of people that feel like they're probably looking to trade Elam, and maybe they are. He probably presents the most value to them in a trade. But it's incredibly peculiar that Christian Benford started this football game, in my opinion. Incredibly peculiar especially when you consider that they started Boogie Basham as well. So were conversations happening last week before this game even started? I don't know, maybe, probably. But when you look at our roster and our depth, one of these guys can be moved, especially when you consider the Bills have a rookie corner that they just drafted, no, not a what's the word, not a uh high-ranked corner, but when we're talking about Alex Austin. The Bills have done pretty well with those 6th and 7th round drafted corners. Undrafted corners. They've done a pretty good job of developing those young, not highly sought after corners. The Bills have the ability to move a guy at this position. The question is who? I don't have that answer, but I feel like something is going to happen between now and tuesday jerry in the comment section says in my opinion these names are trade candidates that's what we're talking about how about defensive line jay spencer king and i did a show where we 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 did our roster projection for the defensive line there's no the the buffalo bills have gone into every season in the last three or four seasons with nine defensive linemen i believe i think the number is nine Right now, without Von Miller, they've got 11 starters. Starters. NFL ready, NFL bright, capable defensive linemen. There's no way they're going into this season with 11 plus Von Miller. It's not happening. There's no way it's going to happen. Groot, Floyd, AJ, Lawson, Boogie, Kingsley, Jonathan, who has played well. Kingsley, Jonathan has shown that he can play football. In the NFL. Groot, Floyd, A.G. Lawson, Boogie, Kingsley, Jonathan John, Kingsley, Jonathan on the outside edge. That's six, not including Vaughn Miller. That's so seven with Vaughn. You're not going into the season with seven defensive ends. You're not going into the season with six defensive ends. Now, the question is, is what's going to happen Tuesday? Are the Bills going to put Vaughn Miller on short-term IR? They put him on short-term IR. It makes this conversation a little bit easier. But not completely easy. Now let's talk defensive tackles. Oliver Jones settle Phillips Puna Ford. The Buffalo Bills are not going into this season with 11 defensive linemen, possibly 12. It's not happening. There are nine to 12 rosterable guys on this football team who can play in the NFL right now. If the Bills cut these guys outright and don't do something with them as assets, it's a crime. It's a crime against this football team. So then it turns into who? Well, who are we getting rid of? Who are you moving? I guess the question for me is who am I getting back? We like to say as Bills fans, oh, move Boogie. Oh, move AJ, because we won't miss those guys much. It might be somebody a little more expensive. What if it's a Jordan Phillips? I can't see Daquan Jones getting moved, but what if it's Daquan Jones? Hurts a little more. I can't imagine Puna Ford's going anywhere. He might. They they could trade Puna Ford. Puna Ford came here on a very cap-friendly deal to play with the Bills to potentially win a Super Bowl. So I don't think that that would make him a huge fan of this organization if they moved him, but it is business, right? Cornerback, defensive line, the other position, or one other position. I got two more to go and the short show is immediately going long long wide receiver the bills have so many wide receivers on this football team maybe you're talking to a team that has an extra mike linebacker or a guy that's a vet with a young guy pushing him or a team that's looking to just make a move to make some changes they need a wide receiver or they need and they need a wide receiver The depth on this roster as well as the duplication of some of the player skill sets speaks completely to an opportunity to acquire an asset versus cutting quality depth. You're talking about guys like Isabel and Hardy, right? These two guys, we heard it on the broadcast this week. Largely similar skill sets. It's duplication. Got a guy like Khalil Shakir. What started out as a rip-roaring, oh, my God, Khalil Shakir is the man as a late-round draft pick that, quote-unquote, didn't get a chance. By the way, I misspoke last week. So last week I said that Khalil Shakir got 70% of the snaps last year. That was wrong. I was wrong. So I heard that Khalil Shakir got 70% of the snaps. I did a quick thing of research when I heard that, and what I saw – and in my brain for some reason rolled was in week five of last year, Khalil Shakir got 70% of the snaps. He only got about 20% for the entire year. So I misspoke last year. However, it doesn't necessarily change the fact that Cleo Shakir is one of those guys that right. We're unsure of you got the Isabella camp. The Isabella stands Hardy is probably going to make this football team or is he does Isabella make him ex- ex- uh, expendable. What about Gabe Davis? Is Gabe Davis a guy that could potentially get traded for a quality Mike linebacker in the NFL? Gabe Davis is in the last year of his rookie contract. Do I need to remind you, as much as Gabe Davis had a down year last year, he's still viewed upon or looked upon as a good number two to budding number one wide receiver in the NFL. And Christian Kirk got $90 million last year. Christian Kirk got $90 million last year. We just re-signed Stephon Diggs, I think, for $96 million. Are you going to pay Gabe Davis more than Stephon Diggs? No, <laughs> you are not. Nobody in their right mind is doing that. Is Gabe Davis a potential trade candidate? Is the drop that you have at wide receiver two by trading Gabe Davis greater than the position or the situation you're in with the drop from Tremaine Edmonds to whatever else you have in this roster? Can a guy like sherfield? can a guy like hardy? can it can a guy like isabella can can the guys on this roster can can? Dalton Kincaid make up for the loss of Gabe Davis more so, or can they, can they fill that gap to potentially to potentially provide you an opportunity, right. To go get a Mike linebacker. Roy Collins says trading Gabe Davis is the most absurd thing <laughs> I've heard so far. I'm not saying to trade Gabe Davis. I'm throwing thoughts out to you. I'm throwing options out to you. I'm throwing Things for you just to go, huh, Gabe Davis right now is a very cheap rental player for me. Roy Collins, I would ask you to ask yourself, and I would ask everybody that's listening to to my voice right now, ask yourself, are you paying Gabe Davis $90 million a year? Or, sorry, $90 million over four years? Are you giving him a $90 million, $100 million contract? And if you're not, if you are completely not in the, I'm not given that, I'm not giving Gabe Davis $100 million, then what is the weight of that asset worth? And is it worth a quality starting middle linebacker? That's all I'm asking you. I'm not saying to trade him. So please don't put words in my mouth. I, I'm not saying trade Gabe Davis. This team is, this offense is better with Gabe Davis on it. 100%. What is his value worth? Right, making a move at middle linebacker, making that defense better. The last thing, the last position, I'm gonna go through this quick, is offensive line, specifically guard. No, we do not have the tackles we need to trade. Nobody's trading for these tackles. Nobody. There's probably not enough talent even at the guard position to garner a true solution to your problem at middle at, at uh, middle linebacker, at Mike Linebacker. But there's some potential blue chippers. And it, it, what I want you to think here is, you know, Wyatt Teller is a rookie, a guy that you could toss in as well, right? We're going to give you this defensive lineman and an offensive guard. We're going to give you this wide receiver and an offensive guard. We're going to give you this corner and an offensive guard at the end of the day the more players you give them hoping to get back a player and maybe a pick or two solve some of these roster issues that you potentially have as a front office it helps this team right now because they've got some tough decisions to make we are going to be we say it every year but I think it's more so this year than ever before. We are going we are going to be cutting some some quality NFL players from this roster this year. Quality NFL players. So it will be completely interesting. Roy Collins says, trying to win a Super Bowl this year, can't worry about a contract for Davis next year, but they do. They're always looking ahead. That's, that's, that's what that's what Brandon Bean and the scouting team's job is. Their job is to look ahead beyond this year. John Herring asks, are you sure that's water in that glass? It's not. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Definitely not water. But I also haven't had very much. So, I mean, I'm just kind of in seven on it. Jessica Tennis says Bobby Hart was released. Everyone everyone will be wanting him. I'm probably not one who will be wanting him. I specifically remember the Patriots game last year where the ball was snapped. He got into his stance, and I don't remember who the defensive player was for the Patriots, but literally just ran around him. (laughs) And dude never moved. Bro froze. He just was like, stop. And like, bro froze. It was over. (laughs) I'm just trying to give you guys things to think about. I'm not telling you what's going to happen. Do I want to see? Do I believe? Do I hope that the Bills are capable of swinging a trade? Between now and Tuesday, yes. That is what I want to see happen. I feel as though, and I could very much be wrong, if the Bills go into 2023, would the Mike Linebacker, solutions that they currently have, that there's going to be a lot of similar conversation about going into last year with two boundary receivers. That did not work. What were you thinking? Why did you do this? They have an opportunity, hopefully, to maybe change that, to fix that. Maybe they don't. There could be nobody available. There could be nobody that comes available. There could be nobody that a team is willing to part with. But at the end of the day, we're we we're, we're we're about to lose. We're about to cut, not lose. We're about to release a lot of guys. Some of which they can provide trade value that I feel like the Buffalo Bills need to to jump on to utilize to leverage to fix the biggest hole in this football team, which is middle linebacker. Hundred percent middle linebacker. Coming up this week. uh, So actually the next couple of weeks. So the off tackle with John the show return er, is uh, going to be tomorrow. Eight o'clock. Humpty hotline will be uh, on Wednesday as well with me and Jay Spence, the King. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this. We'll probably talk about the final roster as it will be the day after the final roster. And then uh what code of conduct is also on Tuesday. And then uh da-da-da-da-da. intentional, gr- not intentional grounding that just happened. Why is my brain not working? Uh, Jerry show Jerry and Sarah show it's, the line something on the line line to gain ha. <laughs> line to gain will also be on wednesday sorry about that old man brain but uh ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining me here on the overreaction uh show uh, my name is joe miller you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired this show has been brought to you by the market dominator please please give john Spazchek a call if you or somebody you know is in the market to buy or sell a home 716-570-3298 I appreciate all of you guys. I will probably not be on next week. I'm going to take Memorial Day weekend off. uh, And the Phoenix show, I can't imagine, will happen on that Monday either. But we will be back uh, post-game after the Jets. But ladies and gentlemen, Bills Mafia, I love you guys. Preseason in the books. We are staring down the regular season. Football is officially upon us. It's going to be a cold, dark two weeks. But then, everything that we love comes back. Until then, I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Go Bills.